Hello, Rundown Nation. Welcome to the College Football Rundown, Episode 12. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. Had a bunch of good games last week. I really liked watching that LSU and Auburn game. Uh, that was that was a fight, let me tell you. Yeah, it was, Woj. It was kind of like we expected, but it was a fun fun game to watch. I enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is that week. It happens every year where there's kind of a lull. A lot of teams go on buys. Uh, it is what it is. There's some decent games on this week. Uh, some decent ones for fantasy. Uh, I'm sure there's some decent ones for gambling too. Let's let's just get it right off the start here. While Houston, who's three and five, going to UCF, who's six and two at 11 o'clock on ESPN two. <laughs> you got Houston catching 21 and a half over under a 71. I mean, I had it in my mind to stay away from Houston ever since they had those problems with transfers or possible transfers, I should say. But 21 and a half is a very enticing number. The spread actually hit 23 and a half, and then it was bet down right to where it opened at 21 and a half, which is where it sits. I mean, that's a lot of points, Woj, for Houston. I should say for UCF to give any team, especially Houston team. It is. Uh yeah, and I know Houston has had their struggles, but again, that is a lot of lot of points. But I do like, uh, if I'm going to take anybody, I, I do like UCF in this one for Daily Fantasy and Dale, uh, Dylan Gabriel, uh, the quarterback at 7,500. He he could be worth it, could not. Uh, Houston's defense is ranked 119th in in yards allowed, and UCF's offense is ranked number two in yards gained. So there, there's the discrepancy right there. We'll see. We'll see what happens in that. That I like Trey Nix and Gabriel Davis as well. Dave, Gabriel Davis, 7,600. Trey Nix is 6,100. Uh, I like Nix at that price point a lot better, and I'm projecting 24 to 29 points out of him. So he, that's uh, that's a good value pick up there in Trey Nixon. Hey, uh, Houston, you know, they give up 31 a game. They're getting 21 and a half. You know, they give up that normal 31 they're giving. Boom. They just need a touchdown and a field goal to cover, Woj. I, Something to look at. I probably won't take any action, but you get the point. It's something to look at. Yeah, I mean, it is just a lot of points. I mean, the, the over-under is 71. Obviously, obviously, UCF's implied points are much higher than Houston's, but you're right. Uh, I think Houston might be able to close that gap. We'll have to see. Uh, moving on to our next game, Boston College is 4-4 four and four at Syracuse, 3-5, and five, 11 o'clock on the ACC Network. Syracuse, it's minus 3, over-under. 60. I mean, Syracuse is the favorite in a game, Woj. I'm glad it's on the ACC network. That's one of the few channels I do not get. I have no interest in watching this game, but I think it might be different for you. Uh, It is and it isn't, and I'm going to kind of explain that. So these are terrible defenses, and I mean, I guess terrible offenses too, but um, (laughs) we'll go over. uh, Syracuse, for instance, runs a ton of plays. 76.5 plays per game, ranks 11th in the nation, but yet they only have 359 yards per game, which ranks 92 in the nation. That's just a little over four yards a game. And when you're thinking about that in the back of your head, well, that means they get a touchdown every now and then. But that's not good, especially when you're running that many plays. So, again, bad defenses, bad offenses. Uh, but we'll see what happens. In, in DFS, remember, there's points for reception. So a Syracuse team technically isn't bad uh, as far as those numbers go. Um, Boston College's numbers look impressive with the starting QB, Anthony Brown, out for the season. They've looked less impressive with Dennis Grossel in. Uh, Grossel actually went for negative 0.5 points in DFS last week versus Clemson. And just the week before, he just went for 6.2 points versus NC State. So 
he doesn't look good. Uh, they've had to go to the more of the run game. You know what? Let's look at A.J. Dillon, the running back for Boston College. 7,800. He's been the workhorse. He was the workhorse first at NC State. Did semi-decent first in the Clemson game, um, but he did rack up 43.3 points in the NC State game. I would imagine he'd be able to do at least similar numbers against the Syracuse offense, especially considering they're probably going to have to stay away or keep the ball out of Dennis Grossel's hands, considering he's not too strong. Even, uh, you know, coming out of that Louisville game where he actually came in and, and did fairly well. He scored 20 points in that, I think, in three quarters. But after that, he's fallen and collapsed. So we'll see. Uh, Tristan Jackson, the Syracuse wide receiver at 6,700 is too expensive for me. There's better options out there. Um, I think the cappers got this wrong on the over under. I think it's going to be a lot lower than, than what they're implying, but, uh, I'm just going to stay away from Syracuse altogether there. Hey, well, it's a why game for me. You ask me, well, what's a why game? It's a game. Why take any action? You know, as a gambler, we have very few advantages over the sports picks sports books, but this is one of them. We can pick our battles. You know, the sports books can't. They need the lines on all the games to stay competitive against the other sports books. I, I'm going to disagree. I don't see any value. The cappers probably got this one right. Maybe they didn't, but there's really no value to this game. So, hey, let's just stay away from this. You know, maybe bet against Syracuse if that's what you're thinking. A bad team, bet against a bad team. Not a bad thing, but Boston College, not so great themselves. They're only positive is that they've had close losses, except for the Kansas game. They've had close losses, and, you know, that's that's not a good enough reason for me to take a team, so I, I'm staying away from this one. Our next game's a juicy one, though, Wall. Georgia 6-1 at Florida 7-1, 230 on CBS, playing at a neutral field, Wall. Where are they playing? Hey, they're playing at TIAA Bank Stadium. They had to add 16,000 seats for this game, mode. 16,000 seats. That tells you how big of a game this is. Georgia right now sitting at six and a half. Obviously, they're given over under at 44. That's a pretty low number, Woj, is it not? It is, and I, well, but the, there's good reason for it to be low. Both defenses are fairly good. So as far as DFS goes, I don't really like the price points people or they DraftKings has in these guys. For instance, Jake Fromm from Georgia, the QB, he's at 6,700. You know, the implied points for Georgia right now is 426.5, which doesn't give him much leeway to get 30 points and get back to value. Then let's look at DeAndre Swift from Georgia, the running back. He's at 7,400. Again, I mean, those two are large numbers when their implied points are only 26.5. This is just like one of those eye-opening, like, stay away from this one when you're looking at implied points and over-unders and, and prices of players. Hey, from a fantasy point standpoint, Woj, I get it. That makes sense to me. But... From a gambling standpoint, I mean, first thing I want to talk about, this game opened at Georgia minus three and a half. I missed it, Woj. I freaking missed it. I wasn't ready. That was my fault, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, that's a that's much lar- that's that's a lot better than six and a half, let me tell you. It is. You know, that three and a half, I would have jumped on it. I would have been happy. I would have been happy all week, but I missed it. It happens. Sitting at six and a half now, you know, you actually might hear about the open being different, but Wherever you hear from that, hear that from, you know, make sure you don't listen to those people anymore because they're not correct. It did open at three and a half. Florida put up 28, you know, against LSU. You remember that game, Woj? Yeah. And what did they do against Auburn? They put up 24. Pass run attempts, just about 50%. You know, they're passing the ball. They're running the ball. We kind of talked about it amongst ourselves with some of our friends last week about SEC specifically, their runs versus passes. But 
this is a team that is doing very equal amount of runs versus passes. That tells me that they're very comfortable with their offense. Putting up 28 against LSU and 24 against Auburn, hey, makes sense. They're comfortable with their offense. Those are two good teams. Georgia, 273 rushing attempts, 200 passing attempts. You know, they got a great quarterback in Fromm, but they're a little more comfortable with their run game, which means they're probably a little less comfortable with their offense altogether. I do think they're a better team, but when you're talking about their running back core, you got Swift, you got Harrion, who fantasy people out there, you know, he might not be playing. He's questionable because of a back injury, but then you got White, you got McIntosh, you got Cook. These are all running backs that get attempts. And obviously Swift, the highlight running back for this team, not getting all that many carries. Yeah, because he shares it with all these other guys. Difference in this game, it's a bigger game. You're going to see Kirby Smart using Swift a lot more. You know, carries take a toll on a running back. He wanted to keep him fresh earlier in the season. He has to win now. You know, he has to use his best tools. One of those tools is Swift. I think you're going to see Swift with the ball a lot more, especially against that tough Florida defense. You know, this game has major implications for SEC East and SEC Championship game. There's a number being floated out there last week, Woj. I don't know if you heard it, but Missouri had a 10 to 20% chance of winning the SEC East. Hogwash, Woj. That is hogwash. This game is going to decide the East. You heard it from me. I'm not coming up with anything magical. That's just the way it is. Missouri's an awful team. You know, we're not going to have a bad, awful team in the SEC Championship. So this game is going to decide who is in the SEC Championship from the East. It's that simple, Woj. I agree with you. It's it's a big game for the SEC East and the SEC Championship game like you talked about. That, that's going to be one to watch for sure. And you're right. Kirby Smart's going to have to pull all the strings he has to get to get past that Florida team. And, uh, again, Florida the same way. they gotta they got to buckle up and, and bear down on Georgia. Uh, how about Kansas, who's 3-5 and five at Kansas State, 5-2, and two, a little interstate rivalry at 2.30 on FS1. Hey, it's a little bit of a rivalry, Woj. A little bit. I wouldn't say it's a major one because of the disparity between the two teams. But Kansas State, minus 6.5 right now, over under 54. First half, Kansas State, minus 3. If you're driving right now, you know, pay attention to the road because you don't want to go off it. This is an eye popper. Logic, getting a little too high off Oklahoma win on Kansas State, that's all I could think of, Woj. Can you think of any reason Kansas State is only giving 6.5 to Kansas? No, and I, I, again, like you talked about, it's coming off of a big game, and they always tend to do that. The cappers tend to crowd that 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 team coming off that big game. I like it. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I really don't care why they had the spread here. All I care is that the spread is here. I think this spread is off. Kansas State, okay, they beat Oklahoma because they were a better team that day. The media is kind of painting this picture as a squeak-by win. You saw all those video replays of the – the onside kick, Woj, right? If they got that onside kick, Oklahoma's going to win that game. That's what everyone says. Well, maybe they might have, but it's it's completely inaccurate. This was not a squeak-by game. Kansas State curb-stomped Oklahoma and then just let them back in late. You know, Kansas, bottom 100 in defense. Kansas State just put up 48 against Oklahoma. What does that tell you, Woj? That tells me that there's a discrepancy there. There is a discrepancy between the spread – and Kansas State offense versus Kansas's defense. I don't get it. There's a huge discrepancy. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one, Wall. I think that's a, that's a no-brainer for gambling purposes there. There's definitely a big discrepancy. We'll have to see what happens 
come Saturday on that game at 2.30 on Fox Sports 1. Going to the uh, the Pac-12, we got a Utah 7-1 and at Washington's 5-3, and 3 o'clock p.m. on Fox, Wall. This is a little defensive battle, huh? Big defensive battle. Utah minus 3.5 on the road, over under a 47. Well, that's another low number we're looking at. I mean, this is a very big game. It's going to be a great watch, an exciting game for those of you that like defense. I know a lot of people out there, they just want to see touchdown after touchdown. That's not the game I want to watch. This is the game I want to watch. Utah over under going into kickoff last week, Woj, 35 and a half, 35 and a half. I mean, that was the over under on the game. Funny note, the game total ended at 35. <laughs> the under covered. 35 and a half undercovered, Woj. Utah only scored 35. Quick math, Cal had a goose egg. I mean, this is a Utah defense. It's amazing. Fourth in the nation on the defensive side. And who are they behind? The Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa Hawkeyes. Proud to say it. Number three in the nation, Iowa Hawkeyes, who have a bye this week. But Utah, number four in the nation in defense. They're playing against Pac-12 offenses. They're only giving up 10 points a game. Want to run the ball? Hey, forget about it, buddy. They're best in the nation, giving up only 56 yards a game. And that's playing a team, Arizona State, that had Eno Benjamin, which is a very good running back. Jacob Eason, quarterback for Washington, you know, he's going to have his work cut out for him in this. He's the really the only one that can, in my opinion, bring Washington the W here. Possible kryptonite for Utah, they don't get sacks. You don't want to give Eason that time to think he's a smart quarterback he's going to find something so utah does need to get pressure on them in this game why am i not hammering this first i have vested interest in utah for the season already so that's one reason but it seems that the stars might be aligning for washington sometimes you can just tell you know they're at home huntley quarterback from utah banged up a bit sat him out the second half last game as a precaution washington's playing good football they nearly beat oregon at oregon at home and a team like this doesn't lose two home games in a row, which obviously this would be the second home game in a row. I think I'm going to tread lightly on this one, all things considered. I'm going to go with you all on DFS. Uh, this is the DFS game of the week to stay away from. Uh, you said that staggering number, 56 yards a game, uh, giving opponents 56 yards a game on the on the ground, which is incredible for a defense. But um, And you already even mentioned it, you know, Tyler Huntley's banged up and, and sat out from Cal last week in the second half. Um, I don't know. I, I don't like any of the players in this. Uh, Utah's running back, Zach Moss, at 7,400 is the only good option, but he would have to get upwards of almost 30 points, and I don't see that happening in this game whatsoever, especially with the implied points of where they're at. Hey, Zach Moss is a great running back, but I agree with you. <laughs> Offense, stay away. Stay away from this one. But we do have another one, Oregon State-Arizona. You think there's going to be offense in that game, Oach? Uh, yes, this is the one I'm waiting for. This is the DFS game of the week to stay go with. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, but season-long fantasy owners, be alert here. Uh, this is a pickup possibly. Uh, Trevin Bradford will be returning from his foot injury, which has kept him sidelined all season. Over 11 games last year, he had 649 receiving yards and six TDs. Uh, he's planning to redshirt this year, but 
again, if you listen to the mini episode we just had, he gets to play four games this year before he has to consider redshirting. So he's going to play some games here towards the end of the season. This will be his first one back. Now, as far as DFS goes, I don't know if I would put him in there quite yet. Um, but that's just some some good information for those looking to pick up another wide receiver that is pretty good. And, again, that will be here next year as well. Um, but Arizona is giving 5.5. The over-under is 69.5. Close spread, high over-under. DFS, that's what we're talking about. Arizona's implied points are 38. Oregon State's implied points are 32.5. So let's just start off with the run game for Arizona. J.J. Taylor at 5,700. We've talked about J.J. Taylor before on this show many a times. and He tends to go on a little roller coaster ride every now and then. But he's priced right, and he's been playing pretty well. Uh, this is one of those games that he should be able to dominate. Oregon State is allowing. So we just talked about Utah while allowing 56 a game. Oregon State's allowing 191.6 rushing yards a game. <laughs> That's a lot of yards, Woj. That's a lot of yards. <laughs> see, can you see why I like J.J. Taylor in this one? Oregon State's run defense is non-existent. Uh, another guy, Jake Luton from Oregon State. He's the QB, 6,400, solid cheap option in the afternoon slate for a QB here. He's had, again, roller coaster kind of games like J.J. Taylor, uh, but with Trevin Bradford back in the mix, another receiver to throw to, I look for him to pile on some points. Uh, in UCLA game, he put up 40, similar defense for Arizona, who's given up 310 yards per game in the air. So um, I would look for him to try to get up to those numbers he did in UCLA, and if he does, it'll be well worth the value at 6,400. Let's look at the other QB, Khalil Tate in this one. Tate has had great games and awful games. It's it's an up and down, and I think it's a roller coaster ride with his coach as well. Um, he's coming off a 33.5-point game for Stanford. I won't be taking him, but he is a possibility if you, if you think it's just one of those games that he's going to do well. Like I said, J.J. Taylor – is going to be on my roster just because of Oregon State's lack of uh, defense. So I, I, I think hopefully Summerlin will see that. Who knows, though, with him? He's an idiot, right, Well, Oh, I don't like Summerlin, Woj. That's the reason I'm staying away from this game. Uh, no zone of wide receivers worth taking. Uh, it's a crapshoot, and who gets the ball? Tate likes to move the ball around a lot, which isn't a bad thing for the team, but for DFS it's not good. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins from Oregon State, the wide receiver, 7,700. He's the top receiver in Oregon State, averaging about nine grabs a game, which is pretty good. He is pricey, but 43.3 points against UCLA, like I just talked about earlier. If you pair him with Lutton, he's a good option. If both of them get 40-plus points, it's 80-plus point game and a solid grouping with just two guys. I like that a lot, Wall. Hey, that's going to get you the W this week, Woj, that game right there? Uh, I, I like that game right there. I, there's three guys that might be on my roster right there for sure. Hey. Uh, another game that's not too bad, Wall, is TCU 4-3 and three at Oklahoma State, 5-3, and three, 230 uh, on ESPN. I know you love talking about Oklahoma State, Wall. I do like talking about Oklahoma State, and I've been a strong disbeliever in TCU so far. People are going to be a little confused. The tides are turning TCU in this game is plus three. They're getting three from Oklahoma State. Over under a 59 and a half. TCU is plus 118 on the money line. Oklahoma State beat Iowa State last week, Woj. That's a team I don't like to talk about, I'll tell you that much. They're sitting there with three losses, that is Oklahoma State. Only signature win for them, Kansas State, good team. We talked about them. And then obviously Iowa State. 
We're going to put a big question mark there, Woj, because I'm not going to give them too much prop. Iowa State beat TCU handily in a close game with Oklahoma State. Why TCU asked? Different team. Gary Patterson, we go from Sumlin, Kevin Sumlin at Arizona, bringing his team down because he's a poor coach. He's just not that good. Gary Patterson, on the other hand, great coach. He's going to take this momentum from that Texas win and use it, Woj. TCU covered two of the last three against Oklahoma State in this series. Probably in this game, I'll be bringing my bet down to a half unit. Oklahoma State, 6-2 and two against the spread this season. That's pretty good. That's the reason I'm dropping it a little bit. But I'll probably split it up, too. TCU plus three in the first half line, plus 110, obviously, to win the first half. Same as the spread on the full game mode for the points. You don't see that very often. Plus three in the first half line, plus three in the full game line. What this really shows you, though, Woj, if you think about it, you boil it down, it shows you this is a pick 'em game because of that plus three in the first half equaling the full game. You know, the home team is giving three for field advantage. So I do think this is a pick 'em game. I'm going to take the points with TCU considering that. See how, see how it plays out for me, Woj. Another one of those Oklahoma State games in DFS. I think DraftKings loves them. Let's talk about Tylen Wallace. We took him last week. He netted us 239 points or 30, $239 a point. Uh, he scored 30.1. Uh, he's at 7,300 this week, and I still like him. He's just that consistent guy, and we've talked about him many times before on this uh, podcast. I love that guy. He just gets me those consistent points. Really good in those cash games and 50-50s. Chubba Hubbard, Oklahoma State's running back, probably one of the best running backs in the nation. He's at 8,300. He's always going to be expensive, but he could get you that 40-plus points in this game easily. Uh, and if uh, you can put him on your roster with that 8,300 price tag, good for you. Let's go. Max Dugan played Texas last week. He's the TCU quarterback at 6,300. He went up $500 because he scored 31.1 points last week and bankrolled us $189 per point, which is phenomenal. Um, his wide receiver options are Jalen Roger, who we had last week as well, at 5,800 this week, or Trey Barber at 4,300. Barber took some grabs from Roger last week that kind of would hurt him a little bit, but I would like to go towards Barber on this one because he's the cheaper option and looks like they're kind of doing 50 50 uh, on the uh, carries. Or, excuse me, not carries, the receptions. Hey, two, two receivers to target. You're going to take them both, Woj, or is that too big of a risk? I think in this game it's too big of a risk. They don't quite get enough grabs from either of them. I Rager at 5,800. I just don't know if I like that price point. I like Barber's price point more at 4,300. I think he can get to that, uh, get, get to his value a lot easier. Well, you had enough players in that game already, which it makes sense, though. It's a Big 12 game, right? They don't play defense. That's huge for fantasy owners. You know, they want that offense. Bringing us to the SEC, though, teams that do play defense – at least one of the two, Ole Miss at Auburn, Woj, 6 p.m. on ESPN. You going to be watching this one? Yeah, this is one of the ones I want to watch. I love Auburn. I'm a big fan of Auburn and how they played. And LSU last week was a big, big show and tell for me on the on why I do like them. Hey, I agree with you 100%, Woj. Ole Miss 19 and a half, though. They're getting a lot of points. That's a lot of points for Auburn to lay over under 52 and a half. I don't see much value in this game. I agree with everything you said. Auburn's a great team, much better team than Ole Miss. 
hey, that spread is showing you this, though, and there, I don't see any value here. You know, three scores is a lot to give someone with two big programs like this because anything can happen on any given Saturday. You know, I might like to put something on the under. Auburn's going to control this game. You know, they're the much better team. The better team generally controls the game and the game flow. Auburn average points, 34, you know, per game. Average points in conference, 33 and a half. They're consistent, Woj. You know, they're real consistent. With Halloween coming up, I'm going to throw this out there. We got a spooky outlier, Woj. Arkansas and Mississippi State, they put up over 50 on them. That's bringing, that's bringing me back a little bit. I'm turning the wheels back a little bit. Under not looking so enticing, looking at that. You know, may cover under on them, you know, they, on their own. They might just cover that under on their own, Woj. And that scaring me a little bit. Probably a game time decision for me. If I get it a little higher, maybe I put it down. Yeah, I would think that would need to go a little higher for me to take anything on that as well, Wall. Um, as far as DFS, I don't trust either of these quarterbacks. Bo Nix is at 6,700. Uh, Plumlee's at 6,300. Um, both are below 54% completion rating on the year, and Plumlee's at a solid 47. So not good there. Uh, both of these teams typically like to run the ball. Uh, Jatavius Withrow from the Alabama running back at 6,100 didn't – did end up playing last week, Wall, but he only rushed for three carries. Uh, he was injured going to the game. That's when we talked about DJ Williams to pick up. And DJ Williams hit our the perfect value of the week, uh, $174 per point, and that's really good uh, with a 20.1-point game. Um, you know what? I it, If it, Withrow plays, uh, I, don't, I probably would take Withrow. Um, but if Williams is going to play, I'll take Williams again. And, and if Withrow's not fully healthy, I think Williams is the play here. Uh, Williams is – we'll see if he's 100%, but he is attractive at 6,100. I would take Williams at 4,000 uh, if he doesn't play. Uh, that is four, – 4,000 is 500 more than he was last week. Yeah, bumped up 500. Same thing with Max Dugan that we just talked about before as well. Uh, but be warned in turn him play the – that unlikely last week, well, he'll be a popular pick this week, uh, DJ Williams, if he does play. Um, or, excuse me, if Withrow does not play, he'll be a popular pick in, in tournaments. We uh, we know we don't want those guys that are over overpicked at all. Well, I'm glad you found some value in that SEC game, SEC known for their defense. But what you said makes sense, Woj. SMU at Memphis, I'm sure you have some value there. 630 ABC, what are you thinking? Uh, it's game day, Wall, uh, which is surprising. Where they're giving SMU, we're going to see how good this SMU team is. That's undefeated. You know, Memphis isn't terrible themselves at seven and one. Uh, many big names in this game are, are mucho dollars, um, and this is in the night slate. Um, but let's just go over it a little bit here. Reggie Robinson, the SMU wide receiver, sixty-two hundred. He's a good price, but he's questionable that he'll play. So it's one of those game time decisions that we're going to need to find out. You know, with him out of the game last week, the, their tight end, uh, Kyle Granson, actually piled up 19 points. Uh, he's at 4,000 right now on DraftKings. I think if Robinson doesn't play, Granson's a pretty good pickup at 4,000 uh, for some solid. If he can get another 19 points, and uh, we'll see from there. I mean, it all comes down to, uh, you know, how many receivers does the quarterback have to throw to? And if Robinson's not in, he's comfortable with Granson. Let's go with Granson. If Robinson's in, I kind of like going with Grant Robinson at 6,200. Um, 
It's a 50-50 split between Robinson and the other wide receiver that's a big time with James Prochet, who's the number one most expensive. Uh, but Robinson's 1000 cheaper, so I just like the Robinson pick there for sure. Uh, Brady White, the Memphis quarterback at 7,300. You know, SMU's Rundy is pretty good, uh, so they'll have to, in the, but they'll have to stop Kenny Grainwell, who is 8,300 this week. So I, I kind of like Brady White, but we're going to talk about a little bit here first off, because Memphis does like to spread the ball around a little bit. Demonte Koki at 5,800. He's kind of the, uh, he's. I'm going to catch all the balls. He's got like nine receptions, I think, on average a game. But then there's Antonio Gibson, who's 4,300, who's the big play guy. Gibson's only got 13 receptions in the year, but 351 yards and five TDs. He's got more TDs than DeMonte uh, Koki does. Um, this is a tournament pick that would be kind of risky on both ends. You just have to kind of pick one and go with it. But to be honest, I think Kenny Grainwell has the most value out of anybody um, even against that SMU run D, I don't trust it. Uh, I think he's by far the best player on Memphis. Uh, he's at 8,300 this week. Year, this week, I mean, he has been the offense. He's got 34 receptions, by the way, not only running it, but he's at 137 attempts on the ground, 34 receptions. Uh, I mean, he's pretty solid. And in those 34 receptions, he's had three TDs uh, for passing as well. So, I mean, I just like him all around in this game. He's the best on both sides of the ball. Uh, running and receiving. Um, I don't trust Brady White uh, much in this at 7,300, but I do. I, I would take Greenwell all day on that game. I don't like this game much, Woj. I don't think Memphis is a proven team. Hey, they win against SMU. SMU is a good team. They win that game. Okay, we can start talking about Memphis. But until then, you know, I'm a, I'm a little perturbed that game day is going here. We haven't seen a you know Power Five game in the past three weeks and game day. It's quite ridiculous. I don't I don't respect Memphis. They win this game. Maybe I give them a little respect, but I probably won't even watch this one, Roach. One I will watch, though, Oregon at USC. you got a 7-1 and one Oregon team at a USC team that's 5-3 and three, trying to turn the tables. 7 o'clock on Fox. Going to be a good game, Roach. Going to be a real good one. I like this one. And like you said, a USC team that's trying to turn the tables. USC's played well the last couple weeks, ever since that Notre Dame game. Uh, and – Keaton Solvis is probably a part of that, but I think they're figuring things out now. Um, and I do – this game intrigues me a lot. This is probably going to be the, the funnest game of the week for me right here. Hey, you're probably right, Slovis. You know, quarterbacks are very important to a team. He's definitely picked it up, so his team has followed suit. USC plus four, over under a 62. We got a game at the Coliseum, obviously USC's home field. It's going to be a sun-up, sun-down game. What that means is the sun's going to be up when it starts. It's going to be down when it ends. In between there, you get some, you know, shadows and uh, sun in the quarterback's eyes once it's going down behind the stands. It can affect the game. You know, we got a 62-point over-under. Maybe look to go a little under considering the sun-up, sun-down game. Oregon, close loss to Auburn, game one. Taking care of business since. Oregon's defense, still top 10, 14 points a game, 308 total yards. Worry for Oregon. Their secondary after watching them play Washington and then Washington State, they're giving up some yards, Woj. They're giving up 200 yards in passing yards, that is. Not the case three weeks ago. They're digressing a little bit. That's not what you want to see exactly. USC, not someone that's being talked about, could help them. Close game against Notre Dame, then they won their next two. What to make of this team? I really don't know. 
Likely the reason I'm going to stay away from this game because I don't know what to make of USC. Oregon, real good team. I don't know if that four is indicative of it. Big weekend for the Pac-12 in general, though, Woj. Pac-12 needs Oregon and Utah to win out. They got a chance at the playoffs, a real good chance. This is going to be the toughest game on Oregon's remaining schedule. Utah, we talked about already. Washington will be their toughest game. So this is a big weekend for Pac-12 fans. They'll be cheering for Utah and Oregon no matter who they are because this is their chance to finally get to the playoffs. I agree with you, Walt, but, I mean, we're going to see how good Oregon is uh, against this resurging USC team, and we're going to see if USC is actually resurging and can, and can take a big game win like this. Uh, this is one of those uh, games that, in a tournament setting, I, I like to take, like, uh, Keaton Solvis, the quarterback for USC, at 6,600 and combo it with, like, Michael Pittman Jr., their wide receiver, at 6,600, um, and just see, just let it ride. See if they can connect for multiple different points. You talked about Oregon's uh, secondary struggling a little bit. Let's see if they can uh, they can match what Anthony Gordon did at Washington State and, and, and rough them up a little bit. But um, if you want to take the safer route, just take Pittman and call it a day with USC. Uh, C.J. Verdell, the Oregon running back at 6,100, went nuts last week versus Washington State, scoring 56.3 points. I mean, that's a lot of points, uh, but it is Washington State, so we'll see. But at 6,100, if he can score anywhere near that, he's still really good value. So maybe C.J. Verdell, again, one of those tournament decisions because he's been very up and down, but maybe he's got his things together. They're going to roll with Verdell more into the offense. Uh, who knows? We'll see what happens from there. Wall, who are you taking this week? Well, first, Woj, I think we should mention that Story came on the show as a guest last week. He gave the fans some good information, didn't he? He did. He was a win. It's Oklahoma and Kansas State. Uh, we just talked about he took the uh, the over at 57.5, and, and that was a big win. It was. I'm sure our fans are all grateful to him. I lost mine last week, unfortunately, but this week, Woj, I'm going to take Kansas State minus 6.5. Teach what you preach, Woj. Teach what you preach. Yeah, that's a good pick. I like that game a lot. I like that pick a lot. I'm going to say take the one that you said to stay away from. I'm not going to take the spread, though, because the spread is what I would like to stay away from. But the Boston College, Syracuse, I'm going to take the under on 60. I just don't see – I mean, both those offenses are bad and both those defenses are bad, right? But I don't see those teams scoring 30 each to get the 60 or either one of those teams really scoring more than 30. Um, especially with the quarterback situation that's happening at Boston College right now. So let's just take the under at 60 and, and hope that we can get a win this week. Makes sense, Woj. You got two bad teams going at it. Take the under. I like the logic. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>